Good evening, Family Church Waterside. Um, it's great to see you. Here we are on another Sunday night local at eight o'clock, and it's um, fab just to be able to connect with you in this way. I'm looking forward to just sharing the Word of God and some stuff that God's laid um, on my heart. It's going to be good. So um, just wait a few more seconds for people to join and stuff. Um, myself and Wendy, of course, are continuing to pray very much for you all, and we very much miss you and. Um, but there's still loads of things going on church-wise and you can find all, all the stuff, all the info out um, on the weekly email that goes out on Fridays. Thank you to Josh Smith who puts all that together and um, does a great job of making it all make sense. So thank you, Josh. Um, that's brilliant. Um, I just encourage you to continue to keep an eye on your emails and social media and stuff. You'll have seen the, hopefully you all watched the video that Pastor Steve put together last week. Pastor Steve Carey put together, um, talking about regathering. Um, so we'll be getting some very firm plans um, in due course. Hopefully you should know a lot more this week, but certainly early next week. Um, that we'll let you know exactly um, exactly what's happening in terms of in terms of Waterside, um, etc. Um, in terms of Momentum Youth, um, a lot more is known on that already. Um, so if, if everything happens as the government had planned regarding phase two um, of ending lockdown or coming out of lockdown, um, then Momentum Youth will be restarting on Friday, 16th of April at Highland Dibner Parish Hall. So that's kind of, yeah, all getting set up and ready to go. So as long as the government don't change it, that's, that's the date it will be happening. Um, and we'll let you know what's happening in terms of Sunday gatherings. Um, we've kind of already got a date in mind, as Pastor Steve uh, mentioned in his email. But we've still got to uh, just sort things out. There's not, there's not any problems with venues, but we just need to get some things um, confirmed. Okay, so we'll let you know as soon as possible when you can sign up and sign your kids up and all that kind of stuff as well. So that'll be um, looking like it's going to be Sunday the 18th of April. Um, as Steve has mentioned, um, but we'll, yeah, we'll let you know definitely exactly how all that's going to work and we'll let you know as soon, as soon as we know, you will know. Okay, so yeah, keep an eye on social media and your emails and texts, etc. And we'll obviously keep you in the loop, um, yeah, with all that and continue to keep the government in, in your prayers, as I'm sure you do, as they kind of navigate this whole situation, navigate coming out of lockdown and schools reopening this week and all that entails, etc. So yeah, keep them all in your in your prayers. Praise God. So, yeah, we're going to get into the Word of God and we're going to be starting a brand new series um, tonight. Um, but let's, before we get into that, let's just pray. Just commit this all to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. You're continually wanting to teach us. You're continually wanting to speak into our hearts. Oh, God, you're not a God that just kind of um, says, says some things and then stops, Lord. You're, you're continually speaking to us. You continually want us to change us. You continually want us to grow in our relationship with you. You continually want to reveal more of your heart and more of how you work, Lord, to us. And I pray you just speak into our hearts tonight that we will just come with, Lord, open hearts, Lord, ready to receive from you, Lord. And you will just say, Lord, well, whatever you want to say, Lord God, Speak into our hearts clearly, Lord. Change, change our thinking, change, change mindsets, change hearts, Lord God. Lord, set people free, Lord. People are bound up in, in wrong thinking, Lord God. Just do whatever you need to do. Pray in Jesus' mighty name. I pray your word will just fulfill, Lord, what you always send it to fulfill, which is to produce a great harvest uh, in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, as I mentioned, we're starting a brand new series tonight, which is exciting. Um, right since um, Christmas. Um, we've been looking at um, we're looking at building the house and God building the house of your life. We're also looking at a corporate context as well, building the house of God, um, the church. So we've been looking at it right right from January. Um, 
and it's been it's been a great series. Um, I've learned a lot from it and myself. God's been speaking to the, uh, speaking to me through that. We're going to start a brand new series tonight, and tonight's going to be very much the introduction, just kind of laying the groundwork. Uh, but the new series is called the Believers Toolbox. The Believers Toolbox, and like I said, tonight's going to be very much just kind of laying the foundation, laying the groundwork for what's going to come um, in future weeks. But it's going to come off the back of what Pastor Andy's been talking about um, on the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning message. It's been so, so powerful, just an incredibly uh, powerful teaching. It's been so, so good um, on what he's been teaching on the Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to, all of us as congregational pastors, we're doing this in all our locations, coming off the back of that and talking about how that outworks um, in our lives. And... Praise God, and we believe that God has produced uh, or provided tools for us um, to be effective in our lives. That's all connected with the Holy Spirit and how he works within us. But tonight I'll just be kind of laying the foundation uh, for that, okay? So if we look at some uh, words of Paul first in Ephesians. Uh, We've touched on this scripture um, a couple of times over the previous series, but I want to draw some new stuff out of it tonight. It's one of my favourite scriptures. I don't know if you're allowed favourites. I'm not sure. (laughs) But it's one of my favourites. Ephesians 2 Because all the word of God is amazing. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 says this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's in the New International Version, the NIV. I want to read um, the the same scriptures um, from the Passion Translation, because um, it just kind of draws out some more, uh, some more truth out of it. So this is the same thing, Ephesians 2, 8-10 in the Passion Translation. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. Aren't you, aren't you glad about that? For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. Verse 9. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Verse 10, we have, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. That's what Christ or Messiah literally means, the anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So I love the way just uh, the Passion Translation translates that, that passage. is is good. It just draws out some great truth out of it so we have been saved by grace as believers we are, we are saved and we are on our way to heaven and praise God for that we know the reality of John three sixteen. you know that God so loved the world he gave his one and only son whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life we know the reality that's the truth uh, for ourselves and you know we've accepted that we've accepted what Jesus did on the cross for us but it is a completely free gift We've been saved by grace. It says there in the Passion Translation, no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Amen. That's the thing with, with Christianity and where, where it's very different to many other things that people believe um, out in the world is that we're not trying to strive for something. We're not trying to strive for salvation because ultimately we understand as Christians it's a completely free gift. It's a gift of grace. It's a free gift from God we didn't have to do it through good works we didn't have to try and earn it through human striving aren't you glad about that because none of us could meet God's standards anyway and that's why it has to be a free gift it has to be because of the cross and what Jesus did on the cross but so grace is a free gift 
And we're also created to do good works, as God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfil us. We'll come on to that a bit later tonight. But I want to start with that point that grace is a free gift. So what actually is grace? I want to kind of unpack that. And what I want to talk about tonight, remember this is kind of laying the foundation of the believer's toolbox and the tools that God wants us to use uh, to be effective Christians and to, for the Holy Spirit to outwork uh, in our lives. This is very much laying the foundation I want to start with just looking at grace. What does it mean that we've been by grace? It's by grace that we've been saved. And but what actually is grace? What does it actually mean? So, the Greek word, as you know, of course, you're all Bible scholars, and you know that the New Testament was written in Greek. It was a common written language at the time. It wasn't so much wasn't always spoken, but it was it wasn't the language always used spoken. The Romans would have spoken Latin. Um, Jewish people would have spoken Hebrew and they wrote in Greek and somehow made that work <laughs> with three different languages kind of on the go. Um, but the Greek word that's, that Paul uses there um, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, where it says, is by grace you've been saved by faith. The Greek word is haris, haris. I said that right. I used to live in South Wales as so that kind of helped. <laughs> Some of those crazy Welsh words, haris, um, spelled C-H-A-R-I-S. And in the context that we're looking at this tonight, it means goodwill it means loving kindness or it means favor and just to expand that this has got it in a bible dictionary this is what it says it's goodwill loving kindness or favor is what haris means grace it means of the merciful kindness by which god exerting his holy influence upon souls turns them to christ keeps strengthens increases them to christian faith knowledge affection and kindles them to the exercise of christian virtues so it's God's good will his love and kindness his, his favor amen it's in order to influence us to is to strengthen us to give us knowledge amen so that's what grace is grace there's so much you can say about grace but it literally means God's unmerited favor God's unmerited favor can mean his kindness I mean his good will towards us but it, the, the main point is it's completely unmerited and that's what Paul was talking about, Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. No one can boast. There's nothing to boast. There's nothing to boast about. All we've done is accepted the reality of what, what Jesus has done. We believe it's truth. We believe he's the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, as he, as he said in John 14. We've accepted the, the truth of that, but we have not in any way earned it. It's a completely free gift. You know, the reality is everything we have as believers is all down to God's amazing grace. And God's grace truly is amazing. But everything we have as believers every spiritual blessing that we've obtained in christ everything that we have as christians everything that god god has poured out upon our lives is all because of his grace because of his unmerited faith we have not in any way earned it it's all because of his free gift and his love for us ephesians 1 verse 3 and 8 so it's book of ephesians again paul writes this praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight so we have been he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing amen verse 5 in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished upon us 
Amen. That's, that's, that's just amazing, isn't it? Paul's talking about all these different spiritual blessings. So he starts with saying that he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ and then talks about how that kind of outworks the different aspects of that. And it's all down to the cause of the riches of God's grace. He's lavished upon us. He, he's poured that upon us. Amen. So we bless every spiritual blessing because of grace. I just want to look at just different, some different aspects that, that Paul mentions there. It says we are chosen because of grace. Now you, you have been chosen by God. Isn't that amazing? And these seven billion people on the seven, probably near eight billion these days. We are chosen because of grace. We've been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Then we have been chosen. Now, some Christians sometimes get a bit confused about this stuff. Are we talking about predestination? What does this mean? Does this mean some people can't be saved and some people, um, uh, you know, or only some people can be saved? Some people can't be saved. What, what, what does that mean? Well, no, of course it doesn't mean that. We know John 3.16, we mentioned earlier, is very, very clear. Whoever believes in him will, shall not perish but have eternal life. But the reality is God knows what choice every human being is going to make um, in advance and who is going to you know, decide to follow him anyway. So, so God has chosen us. So both those things are true is what I would say is we are chosen, but we still have free will. Okay? So in case there's kind of any confusion in your mind about that. But God has chosen us. We are his chosen people. Another scripture that Paul writes says we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. God chose you and he chose you for a purpose. Amen. He's got a divine purpose for your life and that's to do good works for him as we'll come back to later. Praise God. We are holy. And Paul goes on to say that, so he says we are chosen, then we are holy and we are blameless because of grace. Aren't you glad to know that you're holy and blameless in the sight of of God. You know, you cannot, if you're a believer this evening, listen to this, you cannot be more holy than you are right now. You maybe you don't feel holy. I, I don't know. But what I want to say to you that the truth is, what God says about you is you are holy and you are blameless. And it's all because of his grace. It's all because of the cross and it's all because of what he did on the cross for you. But you are holy and blameless in his sight. His unmerited favour has won that for you. It's meant, his unmerited favour has meant you are chosen by him. His unmerited favour meant you are holy and you are blameless in his sight. Then he goes on to say we've been adopted into sonship because of grace or, or daughtership as well. Okay, the flows of course to men and women. Okay, we'll use a generic kind of term, sonship. Okay, that's what the Bible uses. But we're adopted into sonship because of grace. We've been adopted, we've been brought into the family of God because of his unmerited favour. We've been brought into his family. You know, this has to be understood in, in, in a Jewish context. You know, when, when someone was brought into a Jewish family or adopted into a Jewish family, let's like say someone was, you know, in a natural sense, they were just unable to conceive uh, children. Um, so they would adopt or maybe they just wanted more children and would decide to adopt. Then those adopted children, they got all exactly the same rights as those who were kind of were naturally, naturally born um, to the parents. So we've been given all the same rights, but not just some sort of you know, kind of add-on, as it were, to God's family. We've been given all the same rights. We've got all the, the exact same rights from the Father. Amen. We've been adopted into sonship, brought in to the family of God. All and all because of grace. We're all brothers and sisters, of course, together in the inner body of Christ as well. Amen. As we've been adopted. Fourthly, he mentions that we have redemption because of grace. Because of grace, his merited favour, we have been completely redeemed. What redemption is talking about is the debt that was upon us. The debt has been completely paid for. When a mortgage is paid off, it's called, it's called redeeming the mortgage. It means the debt is, is cleared and, and paid off. And, and that's what God has done for us. His merited favour is one for us, complete and total redemption. That debt of sin that we had is gone. 
Praise God. And, and fifthly, which is connected with the previous one of redemption, we have forgiveness because of grace. Because our, our, our debt, the debt of sin has been, has been paid for, it's been, it's been cleared. So now we have total forgiveness. We are totally washed clean. We are, we are made new. We know that we are, we are also a brand new creation. The sinful nature has been dealt with once and for all. Not just the fact we've received forgiveness, we no longer have a nature to sin. God didn't just deal with the, kind of the issue, he dealt with the, the, the root problem. Not just the problem on the surface, the sin itself, but the root problem that was our sinful nature. And that was nailed to the cross with Jesus. We've been, as Paul says, we've been crucified with Christ. Amen. So because of grace, we've been chosen. We are holy and blameless. We've been adopted into the family of God, adopted into sonship. We have redemption and we have forgiveness. It's all that Paul talks about here. We've received every blessing, every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's all in the accordance of the riches of God's grace, as Paul says there. Amen. So let's kind of continue in this. John 14, verses 15 to 17, Jesus says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, this is obviously when Jesus was still on the earth, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or, or the comforter. Um, Pastor Andy talked about this morning, is the paracletos. will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit, this, verse 17, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit himself is also a gift of grace to us. It was a promise from Jesus that the, Spirit of the Holy Spirit will be with us forever and will dwell in us. We know that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We talked about a lot, of, a lot about this, didn't we, before Christmas when we kind of unpacked the fruit of the Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit dwells within us, but the Holy Spirit himself is a gift of grace. Another one of the incredible spiritual blessings of Christ that we have. Amen. So we'll be kind of unpacking that in the future weeks, kind of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So I just want to kind of jump back to Ephesians 2 um, that we read earlier. For it's by grace, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, for it's by grace that you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are called by God to do good works. Pastor Andy often calls it, but we're created by and we're created for. We're created by God and we're created for God. Being created by him, we are his handiwork, but we're created for a purpose and for a reason. And that's to do good works works so we're called to do good works for god but our good works do not in any way save us but once we are saved if you're saved tonight and listen to this then we can walk in these good works we know they're not saving us we know that salvation isn't earned in any way not because of anything we've done it's just another it's a spiritual blessing of christ that he's poured upon us because of his grace his unmerited favor his mercy his, his loving kindness and all those things his goodwill towards us and all those things that that word grace means Amen. But our good works do not save us. But once we're saved, we're called to do those good works. But we, we should not do them in our own strength. If you try and do things in your own strength and do good works for God in your own strength, you're going to fall flat on your face. And that's never ever God's intention for us, is to do things in his strength. Amen. That's how we do good works and how we do fruitful works for God, is to do them in the strength that God's given us, not in our own strength or our own ability. Amen. Paul, Paul talks a lot about this and about how this outworked in his life and about the power of just just relying on God. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 Paul says this but he said to me my grace is sufficient 
for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul was struggling with some stuff and you kind of read that in your own time in 2 Corinthians 12. But in verse 9 he says, But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So what Paul was saying here is when he felt weak, that that's when he knew that God's power could work within him. So the context of what he's saying is, his, is about not operating our own strength. Not that we should always be feeling weak in our lives and speaking weakness over ourselves. You know, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Okay, but the context of what Paul is saying here is don't rely on your own strength. If you feel weak in your own ability, great, that's fine. Because, our, because everything we do and everything we do for God, those good works that he's called us to do, should come out of a place of his ability working within us, the Holy Spirit at working in our lives. So he says, I will close... I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses because then Christ's power may rest on me. It's going to cause a whole load of issues that Paul tried to do things in his own strength rather than relying on God. Amen? So let's be people who rely on the grace of God and all that that grace provides for us. Just that Paul was. His grace is sufficient for us. His unmerited favour is sufficient for us. Amen? And those good works he's called us to do in our lives and, and the purpose he has for our lives he will give us everything. He, he will be all sufficient for us. His grace will be sufficient. Every spiritual blessing in Christ that he's given us will be sufficient for us. Amen. So Paul then talks about the Holy Spirit. Uh, talks, I will boast gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And we, we know that it's the Holy Spirit that's working within us. And Pastor Andrew has been talking about that on Sunday mornings, about, about the kind of yeah, the power that is within us and, and, and that power at working uh, in our lives. Now, Paul was so humble. Paul knew that it was all about all about God. It was not about it was not about him. It was not about his own ability and his own strength. It was all about God and God outworking that in his lives. And there's a lot of good lessons um, in that for us. You know, in the book of James, it says this: "But he, God, but God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble." You know, God loves humility, and humility is. Humility again is not is not beating ourselves up. Oh, I'm so rubbish. I'm such a I'm such a worm. God could never use me. No, that's just false humility or just self esteem issues. Or, you know, that's a whole lot of other things. That's not humility. But humility is just recognizing it's all about God. It's all about what God can do in our life. Less of us and more of Him. John the Baptist said that. I must I must decrease and He must increase. When talking about Jesus, God honors humility. God loves humility. When God knows that we are humble and we're trying not to operate in our own ability and his power can then outwork perfectly in our lives. We can live victorious and fruitful lives in him and for him. But God is looking for humble hearts, hearts that will completely trust him and say, God, I recognise it's all about you. It's all about your grace, your unmerited favour. You know, God's desire is to empower us and to equip us to be fruitful, to do good works for him. Amen. That is, that is God's desire for you. God created, remember, we're created by, we're created for. You're created to do good works for him. He wants to, and he wants to empower you, and he wants to equip you to be fruitful in that. He wants to empower you to do those good works for him. Don't try and do them in your own strength. Amen. And just as we start coming towards the end, as time's flown by, as it always does on Sunday nights, I want to look at 1 Corinthians 12. I kind of touched... Um, quickly on this last week but again just want to draw some more things out of this 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12 to 14 is talking about the body of Christ and and using the analogy of a human body 
It says this 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12. Just, Paul says this, just as a body though, though one has many parts, but all its part, many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, basically everyone, <laughs> we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So it's talking about the body of Christ here and how the body of Christ works. And using the analogy of, of a human body, we know, um, you know, kind of on a human body and, you know, it's a blessing, isn't it? It's, it's amazing how it works <laughs> and it's incredibly complex. Um, but every part of our human body is important and every part is valuable. They all, all, every part needs to work together. You know what I mean? If you say you, you fall over or you have a sporting accident, let's say, and break your arm, um, one, you're going to feel a lot of pain, and that's a, something that God's <laughs> pain doesn't feel like a good thing, but that's one thing that, that God's given us because we know something's wrong because of that pain. It's one thing God's um, given us kind of pain receptors <laughs> in our human body. Um, but the arm would no longer be functioning, right? But so your legs still be working, you can still think properly and you can still do everything else you need to do. But but maybe if, say if it's your writing arm, then you're not going to be able to write. And and I'm right-handed. And I don't know if you've ever tried that, try writing with your, <laughs> you're not your usual hand. It's incredibly difficult. Certainly mine is just totally illegible. I just, I cannot do it at all. Um, because so, your, so your body would not be 100% effective, would it? It may, may be 90% effective and you'll still be able to run and you'll be able to go for a walk and, and that'd be great. But when it comes to something like writing or some aspects of sport or, or, you know, or lifting up your children, um, giving someone a hug, but if your right arm's broken, there may be some things that you're not going to be able to do. So your body's not 100% effective. It's still effective to a point, but not, but not 100% effective. And, and God's, God's desire is always for a church body, us in the body of Christ, for every single member, every single part of the body to be completely effective. To, and that every part is, is important and every part is valuable and that all is important and is valuable is each other. Remember we talked last week about um, where Paul talks about Apollos and someone saying, well, I follow Apollos and someone saying, I follow, follow Paul. And, and there was kind of, it was causing a bit of division. And Paul was like, this is, this is pointless. This is ridiculous. You're just making this about arguments about, about human beings here. It's all about Christ. It's God, it's God who, who's bringing the fruit in this situation. Um, you know we're all important because they were trying to find well who's the most important person is it Paul is it, is it Apollos who, who should I follow and they were kind of you know missing the point um, in the whole situation because every part is important and every part is valuable and in a human body every part of a human body must know its function Paul goes on there to talk about it, doesn't he about maybe got time to look at it all but you know an ear can't say well if I'm you know then you don't necessarily need me and a hand can't say well you don't necessarily need me and yeah but every part of the human body is just as important as all the others and needs to know what its what its function is and and, and how it works and praise god our human bodies <laughs> they, they, they function and um, that's amazing but in the same in the body of christ every part of the body of christ needs to know its function needs to know what its purpose is and for when when every part of the body of christ fulfills their individual function and a desire and uh, sorry the purpose and destiny that god has for them then the whole body of Christ will be even more effective. Amen. It's like with a broken, if some, if a broken arm in a human body, it's going to restrict what the whole human body can do corporately. You know, and that's never God's, never God's desire. It's for every part, member of the body of Christ to know what their part is and, and to live out that part. Amen. To know what their function is. So the important part is, is the important 
thing is, is to listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will empower us and the Holy Spirit will equip us to carry out that function that he wants us to do. So we all have a part to play, but it's the Holy Spirit that within us that will empower us, that will, that will help us, that will guide us, that will lead us, that will give us the words to say. Whatever he's called us to do um, in life, then, then he will equip us. He, in other words, he will give us the necessary tools for the job. God does not leave us um, without the necessary tools. I'm only glad about that. And that's what we're going to be unpacking um, over the next next few weeks. What are these tools that God has given us as we talk about the believer's toolbox? Remember I said tonight it's just kind of laying the ground. It's just the intro to the series. What are those tools that God has, God has given us for the Holy Spirit to outwork in our lives? Those tools that God has given us to empower us, has given us to equip us, to fulfil our, our destiny, to, to live out those good works that he's called us to do. Amen. So I'm looking forward to unpacking that with you uh, the next few weeks. I've finished dead on 8.30. I'll get any better than that. Better than that. Excellent. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so, so good. You're so, so good. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, your wonderful unmerited favour, your loving kindness, Lord, that's poured out upon us. Lord, we just say thank you, that everything's all about you, Lord God. It's all about what you have done. We have not, we have not obtained salvation, we have not earned salvation, Lord God. It's all because of what you've poured out upon us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the truth of that, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you desire to empower us, Lord, and equip us, Lord God. To empower us and equip us for life, Lord God. Lord, and there's still more gifts, Lord, there are more gifts of grace, the, the tools of grace and we talk about and Lord as we unpack it over the next few weeks and talk about it in the next few weeks Lord God we thank you Lord that every tool every way you empower us and equip us is still a gift of grace Lord you give us every spiritual blessing in Christ Lord you always give us the tools Lord to do the job you always give us the ability like Paul says Lord that your grace is sufficient for us so even if we feel weak Lord that's an opportunity Lord for your power Lord the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us Lord to rest upon us Lord and to empower us and equip us your grace is always sufficient Lord God you give grace to the humble Lord I pray we'll be a body of people Lord, that are totally humble before you Lord we're not trying to do things in our own strength Lord whatever you've called us to do in life to to reach the lost to reach our neighbours reach our, our our work colleagues Lord to, to to preach the word Lord God to Let's have a heart to pray, Lord God, to, to lead youth, Lord God, to, Lord, to have a heart for discipleship and discipling others and all those things that we're all kind of involved in to, to lesser or greater degrees, Lord God, in, in what you've called us to do, Lord God. But I pray, Lord, we would just rely just on your ability and your strength, Lord God. We, Lord, help us to have a humble heart because you give grace to the humble. Lord, it's all about you. We cannot do it in our own strength. Lord, we shouldn't even try and do it in our own strength. Lord, empower us equip us use us for your glory thank you jesus and thank you lord for your amazing amazing grace we are righteous and holy in your sight lord we, lord, we are forgiven lord we are chosen thank you jesus use us for your glory lord use us for your purposes whatever you want to do whatever you want to do with us this week lord use us and empower us and equip us lord we just choose to completely lord rely on you we don't want to do things in our own strength our own wisdom, our own ability to rely on your amazing grace. And all you, Lord, every tool or do you empower us and equip us with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, as I said, I was just kind of laying the groundwork tonight. We're going to look over the coming weeks specifically what are these tools and how do they outwork and how do we, um, and how do we use them 
Um, so it's going to be going to be good stuff as we just continue to grow into all that God has for us and all that He desires to do in our lives and, and through our lives to reach others. Amen. Um, have a great week. Don't forget to keep an eye on your emails and texts, um, as I said um, earlier. So we're keeping you up to date with what's been going to be happening church-wise and all the kind of usual things um, going on through the week. So make sure you stay connected.